0: The Final Furlong Podcast is proudly brought to you by Tote. Think all place pots are the same? Think again. 10% bigger dividends when you bet direct with Tote Plus at Tote.co.uk. Great to have your company ahead of a massive weekend of racing and brilliant to have the one and only Andrew Blair White back in action on the Final Furlong Podcast. Welcome back, my friend.
1: Thanks very much, Emma. Yeah. Pleasure to be back on. Obviously been a a busy summer with different sports going on, but uh, glad to be back for the the biggest weekend of flat racing in Ireland.
0: Big time. Mainly your sport has been (whistles) 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 sorry, uh, cricket. Yes, you've been covering cricket in detail and doing a superb job, may I add as well. So look, I'm delighted to see the success go from strength to strength. And uh, it's brilliant to have you on on such a a huge weekend. You mentioned a huge weekend for Irish racing, a huge weekend for British racing and for French racing as well. So we're going to cover the St. Ledger meeting on Saturday. We're looking ahead at uh, Snowfall, parry Paris longchamp and just what to expect there. And um, we're also going to be, of course, looking at uh, Irish Champions Weekend right here on the Final Frontline Podcast. I'm Emmet Kennedy. You can follow us on Twitter at Radio Emmet. Uh, What is your Twitter, Andrew Blair White?
1: You put me on the spot there. I think it's A Blair White something. Um, It's A Blair White
0: 13. The 13th of his name. Andrew Blair White the 13th. It is no coincidence that you're on the show when Hurricane Lane is running. This is your horse. This is the horse that you love the most and have been talking about quite a bit. I think he was the first horse you put in your tote tend to follow. He is currently a best price 8 to 11, as we record on Thursday evening for the St. Ledger. Uh, Ottoman Empire for Johnny Murta is sevens. Mojo Star for Richard Hannon is eights. And then we have the Ballydoyle Battalion. So when I asked Aidan O'Brien about Sir Lucan and Frankie de Tore riding him, he, he kind of stumbled a little bit in, in my interview. And if you want to hear that, Uh, It is, we're going to play it tomorrow actually on TalkSport 2 when I'm on with Lee McKenzie and by tomorrow I mean Friday afternoon, so by all means, join us for live coverage of Doncaster from 1pm on TalkSport 2 and uh, we'll be playing at the interview with Aiden as well, but it's available for you right now on the Final Furlong Podcast on all podcast apps, it's the previous one to this one, and there's some great insight there. Uh, He talked about Sir Lucan uh, quite a lot and um, I was saying would Frankie ride him and he kind of stumbled a little bit and it was because Frankie is on board the horse who has been supplemented high definition uh, who wears cheek pieces for the first time. He's also got Holly Doyle who's extremely excited to be riding Interpretation who continues to improve and uh, the Mediterranean who ran a monster race last time out uh, to finish in front of um, the aforementioned Sir Lucan and way ahead of uh, high definition as well. So let's deal with the favourite first of all, my friend, because you love this horse. Um, With the exception of the Derby, he has done all that can be asked of him. He was incredibly brave at the Curra, and he was devastatingly impressive at Paris-Longchamp in the Grand Prix de Paris.
1: Yeah, he's been a fantastic horse uh, all year round, and he's been a great money spinner for... And myself personally, which always brings you <laughs> closely affiliated with a horse. So um I'm very glad that he's kept producing the goods. Uh, he was very good over in France. The worth of that form, I'm not so sure. You know, Wordsworth's a, a horse that's been just knocking around for years now, seemingly just banging his head off. He's three. He's three. Like I know, years. but he just he went through a he went through a spell there in kind of June, July. He seemed to be running every second week and as I say, just banging his head off brick walls, not getting his head in front. So I'm not sure whether you can take that quite as literally as as it looked. In terms of Hurricane Lane, look, there's nothing to knock him. I'd love him to win this race. Um, I wouldn't back him uh, at the prices. I would back very little at odds on, certainly a horse that hasn't previously run at a distance or anything like that. And the ledger sometimes can throw up a bizarre result. So um, personally speaking, in, in an absolute ideal world, I would see because I actually do fancy one of those price here. Oh. Um, but I would ideally see Hurricane Lane traveling into the race like the best horse, potentially not getting home and getting beaten uh, into second or something. And then I could have a juicy crack at him for the arc, which I'd really fancy him in um, over in France if I got any sort of each way price. I don't know. They seem to be, you know, a day are, it doesn't seem to be clean sailing at the moment with him. He's picked up a few niggles, he's missed his intended prep run so I wouldn't be uh, it wouldn't shock me overly if suddenly Hurricane Lane was transformed into being the number one for Godolphin over in the arc and he's gone over to France and demolished the field already over there so talk to me just to just, a,
0: just expand on the day story and, and the issues there
1: well he just he, they were trying to get a prep run into him obviously he won the King George so impressively I think he's shocked a lot of people people were unknown whether to take that arc for the Ark or the Derby form of uh, face value, and then he went and did that, and obviously it's been well backed up by Mishrift. So it, it's one of those you, you think he's actually an, a really, really good horse, but he's obviously not being quite as easy to train as as you might think, and he's going to go straight to the Ark, and that's just a an angle I do not like whatsoever. Mm. And the amount of horses we've seen in recent years be planned and trained like that, and then week two weeks before the race a little niggle and and suddenly it's game over and he's not going over so i hope that's not the case i'd love him to go and and run in the arc a because i think he's got as good a chance as anyone uh but it it wouldn't surprise me at all if if hurricane lane was to run there as well and i would say he might have a decent enough chance and uh i just I wouldn't mind him not winning on the weekend just to prove that he is a mile four horse because I think people think he's maybe a little bit more of a plodder um, than he probably is. I think he's got a bit more speed than people give him credit for.
0: Yeah, I would completely agree with that. I, I think that there is this idea that Hurricane Lane has has is basically a stamina horse, uh, as you said, a, a plodder. But I think he's fast. Um, I think he's I think he's a very fast horse and. I think the reason he's ended up here is because Adair won the King George. And one of the things that fascinates me about this, actually the entire thing about Godolphin even having a runner in this race is that, um, first of all, it's it's a huge boost to the race that Hurricane Lane is here. Um, But he's only the second, I think he's only the third Godolphin horse uh, to run in this race since the controversial Mohamed Al Zaruni victory, when um, uh, Camelot was attempting to do the treble, and uh, that uh, that horse, him, came along uh, under the Enki under the care of Muhammad Al Zaruni. They've, I think, they've only had two runners in the race since then. So it, it says something that. They're they're trusting this race because the fact is that, and I've said this before from a breeding perspective, and look, I love horse racing. This is my favorite sport. But it's an industry, and these horses, particularly on the flat, are very valuable potential stallion commodities. The second a horse enters the gate for the St. Ledger, they're immediately devalued and me instantly devalued. Um, we can debate why that is another day, but that's just the situation. So the fact that they're putting Hurricane Lane in this race I think is is very interesting. I think the only reason he's here is because Adair did what he did in the King George. He would be the ARC candidate otherwise. It's a very interesting angle you're taking that you, I completely agree with you. I wouldn't be backing him either. I mean, he can go and win this race, and I will happily sit back and cheer him on if he does, and he's entitled to. He's rated 120, uh, so he's, I think he's six clear of, of, of his nearest unofficial ratings, Mojo Star. Um, he's nine clear of Ottoman Emperor, who's second in the market. Um, but I want to take him on. Uh, but I'm, I'm very intrigued by your arc idea, because horses who win the Saint-Ledger and go for the arc have a terrible record. I'm not entirely certain what the record is for horses who run and get beaten in it, and then go for the, for the arc. That that could be that could be different, and it could be an interesting angle for you as well. Um, so if we're taking him on, and you want to take him on with a horse at a price, who you got for us?
1: Yeah, well, I think it's by far the best of uh, the O'Brien contingent in this, and I cannot understand how somebody like a high definition is is shorter than him in the betting and you you mentioned him briefly there with, with Holly Doyle it's this interpretation yes um, yes uh, I, I come think on he's got a, I think he's got a seriously good chance in this um He's into as short as 11s now, I see. Uh, he was readily available at 20s, 20, 25s throughout the week, which I thought was a mad price considering it was his only entry this weekend. Mm. Um, so I did take a little bit of that up
0: and I'd
1: be going in at 11s as well. Uh, to be honest, I just don't think this is a good field whatsoever bar the favourites. I think the favourites of a classy horse, a proper Group 1 horse. The rest of them are much of a muchness in my eyes. Noah, Mojo stars run a few nice races in defeat in some of the derbies, but has never really looked to me like he was going to get his head in front. Ottoman em- Emperor is a, a good horse for Johnny Murt, I suppose. It's hard to know where the ceiling is uh, with him. He could be an improver, uh, as as is this fella. But, like, high definition, like, who are these fools? Them have taken 15 to 2. Like, um, they need to go in, you know in the white coats, to be honest, if, if you're taking 15 to two, uh, I wouldn't take 155 to two because uh, this horse has just lost his marbles. I think he hasn't trained on, there's been no, like, I suppose uh, at least you could take a little bit of encouragement from his run in the Dante, but his last two runs have been as if he just is, is completely done with the game. Now, maybe a return of cheek pieces will help, but we've seen this with O'Brien horses in the past going to the ledger, you know, trying to, recoup old form and I just don't see it personally speaking Sir Lucan again looks a little bit of a nearly her horse interpretation himself look he has like I'm I'm not kind of blind to the fact he does have to improve and his his runs at Leopardstown have been no more than workmanlike but he has plenty of potential improvement there he's a strong stare you know he's going to get the trip and I think the way he, he's gone about it uh, in those runs at Stain has been quite impressive. He's beaten a few nicely regarded horses at Joseph's in that time. I, I don't think small fields would particularly see him to his best. I think he'd be better with a small lead um, instead of having to go and make his own running. But I'd like to hope that Holly Doyle would be plenty positive on this horse, considering he does stay. And sometimes, sometimes in the St. Ledger, you can get horses that, that get first run on horses that are are trying to kind of be smuggled into the race because they've got stamina concerns. I'm hoping Holly Doyle's alive to that and gives this horse an enterprising ride. I think at 11 to 1, he's by far the best bet of the race.
0: I love that. I love the confidence. I love how you've broken down how you think this race is going to be run. And and I think you're spot on. Uh, I, I suspect that Wayne is going to make the running. I think that's probably fair to say and that Holly will just sit off him. And they may very well look at the Mediterranean and think, well, you know, your beer beat him last time out, and pff, we're better than your beer. But they would be vastly underestimating this horse, and the, the race of improvements that he's had um, ha- has been very, very impressive. Like, he ran in a back-end maiden. he He was obviously very backward last year, and it was a, a very late maiden that he made his debut in. Um, he was beaten by was his stable companion, Cleveland. Yeah, it was. Jamie Heffernan was on board Cleveland. Um, and since then, he's won over a mile two on good. They upped him to a mile five. He wins easily. And uh, on good to yielding, he goes up to a mile six. Uh, was a very, very fancied runner that day. And he's been very fancied in the market each time he's run this season. And that's very notable as well for Coolmore. Um, cool more horses that are well backed when it's such a big yard is something that you should be taking very close attention to and paying close attention to and um, stamina is not going to be a problem like this horse comes from uh, uh, an Aga Khan family um, you can you can trace his pedigree back to the um arc winner Dalakani and uh, De Lamy you know that family is there if you go on to pedigree query and uh, their excellent site you'll find that that he is related to to those horses um, so stamina should not be an issue for him at all and I really like him and, and I think Holly Doyle is the perfect booking for him as well so um, who is the who's the second main danger in the race do you think
1: yeah well as I said I, I would say per, potentially Ottoman emperor just because he he's equally unexposed um to a certain degree like and he keeps winning races and he too has only started back in in march so his kind of claim to fame i suppose has been a real rapid rise and i wouldn't begrudge him running a big race and i think he could do so uh but to be honest like you, you look at the first five in the betting that are in front of interpretation hurricane lanes obviously a huge danger probably on all known form will win the race ottoman emperor is a small danger but i wouldn't be too concerned about mojo star high definition or sir luke and i feel i feel the horse i'm back and should have more improvement in the tank to potentially beat them so um and personally speaking i, I don't think anything you know at, at bigger odds is is going to beat them either so I'd like to hope he'll be in the frame. um, But uh, it wouldn't surprise me if he was to well outrun those odds of 11 to 1. And to be honest, I still believe he could well go off a a, a proper single-figure price.
0: Yeah, I think you're right. I think that he could easily end up being a Hugh Taylor horse. He could easily end up being a Tom Siegel or a um, uh, Paul Keeley horse. As I, Sorry, I've got COVID, so my mind's not working perfectly well. Apologies, Paul, who I've had the honor of working with on TalkSport before and, uh, and is a class guy. And when they put horses up, they move markets, like particularly Keeley and particularly Hugh Taylor. And I can see interpretation being a horse that appeals to Tom, Paul, or Hugh. I, I can see that. Um, and this is also a race, as Lucy Russell Hughes was saying, I don't like this race. Uh, on, on Monday's show when I was asking her, who do you think's going to win? She said, I don't like this race because the best horse doesn't always win. You end up with crazy results. Like Enki, who was probably 100! in that particular race. Before we move on, with regards to high definition, your line was the men in white coats are going to have to be called, first of all, classic Final furlong podcast line. Secondly, I couldn't agree with you more. And this is really banking on Aiden O'Brien working miracles and the cheek pieces having an effect and maybe Frankie is going to be the the star factor for him. But in reality, I know that he's, you can look at his form from the Dante and say, well, he got close to Hurricane Lane that day and he wasn't fully fit. And Hurricane Lane's the odds-on favorite, so therefore he's the obvious bet. But since then, he's had his issue in the Irish Derby. He missed the Derby. He said his issue in the Irish Derby and he's bombed in the Voltager. And yet, and he was sweating very badly before that race. They did routine testing of him. It failed to reveal any abnormalities. But yet when I asked Aidan about him, he said they were very pleased with his run and that he he ran into the back of the second horse and that that didn't help. But I was covering that race for TalkSport too. And I remember saying, on the, like he was sent off favorite for it. And I remember saying on the day, I was with Sir Lucan who just got ran out of the placings. And um, my line to Lee McKenzie was, I wouldn't back him with stolen money. And I don't get it. I, I just, I, I can't, I can't get it. So just, just to expand on, on what you were saying, because these Aidan O'Brien horses are going to be very crucial in terms of, first of all, how the race is going to be run. But secondly, how the market is going to, is going to form. And with high definition, you're really taking a leap of faith with him.
1: Yeah, you definitely are. Like you're you're backing it on trust more than anything. And I just don't know how much, you know. I know I've been fooled in the past by Aiden coming out and saying that he was very pleased with a horse when and they don't end up going and doing anything. Like it's it's one of those. Of course, he could provide a miracle, but he, he kind of needs to. He needs to wave his magic wand around a fair bit to get this horse to improve because based off this season's form, he almost needs to improve the guts of two stone, like off his last two efforts. Cause like you can, I just said you you could have made an angle that his reappearance running the Dante was, uh, was a good run for his first start. He was clearly not fit, but it's just been two listless runs since then. Like the run in the Irish Derby, like he was beaten after a furlong. So like there was obviously something like, Something's got to come to light here, you know, in in some of these things, and you just would run the risk that you're going to back him at fifteen to two, and you could know your fate after for a very long or two. Yeah. Um, which is not something that I'm 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 really tempted to do, to be honest. I'd much prefer to to have a horse that I know is probably going to run his race. So, uh, for me, it would be a no. But uh, best of luck to those that pile in.
0: Yeah. Listen, if you get it right, you can tweet us at Final Furlong Pod, and uh, we will. We will tweet out egg on our faces, not literally, but you know we'll get memes of egg on our faces that we got it wrong with high definition. But I think you're insane if you're backing him. Um, he is a galloper, and he will stay, but he's just looked like even his two. Like you were saying about his form this season, if you look at that, um, even look at his juvenile form, it doesn't hold up. It just doesn't. There's there's nothing, like Wordsworth, we're looking at him uh, as a as horse who got close to him. Wordsworth hasn't held the form up this season, and um, his Burst, the Alan Smurford M- M- Memorial Burstford Stakes, <sighs> visually very impressive that he gets there, but you look at it, and he's that form has no substance. So, uh, I'm with you. I'm with you, brother. Interpretation all the way. Uh, Holly Doyle, Aiden O'Brien, is this an each way play for you?
1: Uh, yeah, no, definitely will be. Like when you're getting over, when you're getting a double figure price, I'd I'd be backing it each way um, regularly enough. And as I say, I, I think it's a fair enough price at the moment.
0: Come on, Holly Doyle! Come on, Holly! Get him home. Get the job done. Interpretation: Sixteens, sixteen to one is available. Bad interpretation. Um, someone's gone 20s about Sir Lucan, by the way, which is a bit mad. Um, might do the reverse forecast on interpretation and Sir Lucan. And uh, the TriCast with Hurricane Lane to finish third. So that... Uh, dreams dreams will be alive then. That's not an insult, because dreams will be alive for our main man, because uh, Andrew Blair White can then dream of glory in the arc as, uh, as he redeems himself in that race snowfall is going to crush him uh, the 145 the Portland handicap Hurricane Ivor heads the market with digital um, an 11 to one shot uh, this is a wide open renewal of the race uh, Jawal is there as well it's it's a very difficult test for certain horses you know this is a a trip of five and a half furlongs uh, it's officially five and a half furlongs and 143 yards. And for that reason, while he has not won this season, Andrew Balding is in tremendous form. And last year's winner, Stone of Destiny, who ran only a week ago, uh, is is the horse that I would side with. At, um, I think he, I think he might be a double figure price still. Is he? Twelve? Am I right about that? Yes, he is. He's elevens. Um, and our old friend just another bottle continues to wear headgear. So it's two weeks since he ran, and um. Kevin Ryan is in tremendous form. He's coming out of stall seven. Uh, the draw isn't as important at Doncaster as it would be at, at other tracks because it's a it's a straight course, so we should be okay. And just another bottle and Stone of Destiny are the two that would be would be my darts. What about yourself?
1: Yeah, I won't waste too much time on this because it's a race. I you know you could you could back around twenty one of the twenty two runners and still not find the winner um i actually quite fancy the, the other kevin ryan horse the younger horse digital i thought he had a, had a decent chance i suppose the one worry is that when he's been stepped up to six furlongs he hasn't looked as profitable as when he's been at five furlongs so I'm, you're kind of taking it on trust so that he can just about get the five and a half uh tom eaves takes the ride he's around ten to one he's drawn over in stall two as you say there doesn't look to be much to the obviously it is a straight course but even in the first two days there hasn't been too much bias in terms of where to be um maybe potentially a little bit more towards the center so he's drawn in 2 so you'd might say he'd he'd kind of track along in a, in one of the pack on the far side and hopefully he'll run a decent race but uh, certainly wouldn't be one of my stronger ones of the weekend.
0: Yeah, I agree. It, it, to me it's a race for an interest like, looky63 place pot. By the way, if you want to do your place pot the night before, you can on tote.co.uk, tote.e, or the official tote app. And if you get knocked out in the first leg, you will get uh, refunded, I believe. Isn't that right, Toala? I want to word this correctly. Most important thing here is you can do your place pot the night before. That's fantastic. Uh, if it does happen, and I think it is, that you're knocked out in the first leg, you you get your money back. So uh, give it a go. Um, as long as you do it before 11.59. If you do it at 12.01, it's then day of race and it changes. So um, just another bottle is probably the, the one for me. I'll go with the other Kevin and because we know what he's going to do. He's going to burst out of the stalls and he's going to go catch me if you can and stone of destiny I trust as well, but digital... Um, could be one for the trifecta as well. Um, Disappointing turnout for the Champagne Stakes, but we do have two horses of immense ability. Reach for the Moon is a horse of covered twice on TalkSport 2 and has been a joy to watch this season. Um, Obviously got very close to Point Lonsdale at Royal Ascot. Smashed Harrow, who has since gone on to win this week and uh, beat the crap out of Great Max. Uh, last time as well and did it with supreme ease one thing I'd say about this is he's odds on and you were talking about taking 25s about a horse during the week I sneakily took fours about Lucille so I'll, I'll sneak that one in there as he's now a best price 15 takes is he being underestimated here Andrew
1: yeah I think he is um a little bit I it wouldn't be a race I'd probably have a play in uh, reach for the moon has looked obviously very impressive. Uh, he beat Harrow, but as you mentioned earlier on with Harrow, I think he's been a horse that's been slow to come to hand, mm. and I, I'm not sure whether if the two of them ran against each other just tomorrow, whether um, you know it'd be quite as impressive as a four-length victory. I think the certainly the the official rating. I know I don't like looking at ratings too much, but how reach for the moon is rated 114 um it it looks like one of life's great mysteries at the moment considering great max is great max and rerouting of micko callens was only four lengths behind him the other day and he's not even a hundred horse i don't believe so um you know it's one of those where it's just been a little bit overly inflated maybe that's because of connections uh as i say probably not a race i'd have a play in but if you were to Shoot me for one, I would say, Lucille, I think that that form in the book just looks that little bit stronger.
0: Excellent. I'm delighted that I'm being backed up there. So Lucille, who also just looks like the type of horse. I know that Richard Hannon is saying he's a guineas horse. To me, uh, he looks like a horse to follow this season. This is his year. And um, I think he'll he'll give the Queen's horse. The, queen, the Queen's horse looks special. But so does the sale. So uh, the 15th day is, is more than fair. And Michael O'Callaghan, you utter genius. Guaranteed at least £6,735. And who knows, could be walking away with 13, maybe 26. Uh, Twilight Jack could run a, a big race for Michael O'Callaghan. It's a good piece of placing. The uh, Kazoo Park Stakes, the Group 2. I'm all over Dania. All over him. Um, thought this horse was an absolute solid moral at Ascot. Last time out, uh, William Buick gave him a fantastic ride and also gave me a minor heart attack with the photo finish. Um, Jim Crowley has opted to ride Lancashire at 9-4. But Dania, for me, my man, what about you?
1: Yeah, I was actually just about to say, I remember being um, on one of these podcasts right at the start of the season. I think me and you both put him up for the Lincoln. We did! Um and he came fourth. He ran a grand old race that day, and he's gone from strength to strength. Um, again, I, I'd be with you on this. I, I think the, the price is fair enough. I think uh, he, he's only the price he is, probably because Jim Crowley's gone for Roger Varian's horse. But I find Roger Varian's horse is quite hard to predict at times. He's certainly not a trainer that I've had great amounts of luck with. Um, so I'd be willing to steer clear of him, to be honest. And I think Daniel comes here as a progressive horse, Certainly entitled to this step-up in grade and, you know, a horse in a, in a good place of mind like he is, uh, I think, should be, should be in good health. Obviously, I think, actually, you know, when you look back at that Lincoln when he came fourth, he was just so free early on and he probably wasted any chance of winning early in the race. So the mm-hmm. fact that they've stepped him back down to seven furlongs the last two starts and he's improved doesn't surprise me. And I think he, he'll go very close in this,
0: yeah. And uh, that was um, uh, that was a, a race of controversy, has to be said, because Benoit de la Sayette obviously won the race and uh, has not been seen since for obvious reasons. But Dania, as you said, goes from strength to strength, and we're in, we're in dangerous territory here, we're agreeing a lot. We're agreeing a lot, yeah. my man. This is uh, We'll have to see if this trend continues as this great minds think alike as we switch to Leopardstown for Irish Champions Weekend. And um, you talk about field sizes. Come on, man. One million euro guaranteed. And people are complaining about prize money. And we've got middle distance horses who are being put into the sales ring and they're being sold down under. Uh, one. Mark Johnston Horse did actually manage to get bought by uh, a national hunt owner, and will be going jumping this season. I uh, was keep an eye on the sales this week, but most of them are, are all headed to Australia. Um, and you look at this, and people are complaining about the, the prize money, 570,000 euro for first, and that money's going to go up because they still have 20 grand for fifth, 10 grand for sixth. So it's actually going to be worth more than that. Uh, but anyway, here we go with the betting. Uh, St. Mark's Basilica, Machine, 5-4. Uh, Tawana, the Breeders' Cup heroine, 2-1, to one, who Colin Keane is very bullish about. Um, and Christophe Sumion was incredibly bullish about her last year when she won on ARC weekend. Uh, and of course she uh, beat Magical at the Breeders' Cup. Um, Poetic Flair does something I wasn't expecting Jim Bolger to do and goes up to 10 furlongs. Uh, I thought that it would be the other way around. I thought that um, his other horse would run in this race and uh, Poetic Flair would run in the Group 2 mile race. And then Patrick Sarsfield is there um, to kind of make up the numbers. So this is a fascinating contest between these three. We don't have a pacemaker. Aiden did say on the final 4 podcast in our exclusive interview that he can stand alone. He doesn't need anyone in there with him. So I suspect they had already made their minds up because I was asking him about Love and Armoury. I think Love is going to be running on Sunday at the Curra instead. What's your thoughts on the race overall?
1: Yeah, it's obviously a very good race, even though there's just the four runners. And to be honest, if somebody tempted me, I'd run around Leprechaun myself for 20 grand in fifth place. Um if if somebody really wanted me to Can I uh, can um, I join you had to go somewhere.
0: Can I join you with possibly COVID, uh trapped nerve and a slip disc, T three injury, arthritis in my left hip, ladies, what a catch. And an asthmatic. I'll do it as well. I'll do it for you, mate.
1: You'll get ten grand for finishing six. That's grand um it's well worth put put. yeah it's it, it's fickle really stuff because obviously trainers have have their annoyances and gripes about prize money then they give out or, or then they don't declare and then fans have their gripes um about these sort of field sizes which i can understand but at the same time the best three, like the three horses that you wanted to see run against each other are all running that's true. So to be honest, if it was an eight-runner field, you'd actually just get four fluffers in there that wouldn't have a chance. And people then give out that Aidan O'Brien's got three or four in a race and it's team tactics and it's ruining racing. So there's kind of no winning with, with fans at times, you know, in terms of what they want. This is what they wanted. They wanted St. Mark's Basilica against Tarnawa. And the fact that Poetic Flair is in there is a brucy bonus, really, because mm. um, it just brings another kind of layer of form to the table. I've hummed and hawed over this race for for a while now. Um, And my conclusion is that in these conditions and in in these circumstances, I do believe St. Mark's Basilica will win. Um, And I think, obviously, Tarnow was an excellent horse. I can see the angle of why people want her to win. I just believe... 10 furlongs, she'd want it to be a little bit softer than it is. Uh, And to be honest, she's ideally looking at the arc over a mile and a half. And that's just bugging me in the back of my mind. I don't think poetic flair will stay. Um, I wouldn't be bullish about it. But if you offered me a little bit of a match bet, um, I would put a very small, and I do stress, very small wager. On Patrick Sarsfield finishing ahead of Poetic Flair, because um, I think po- uh, Patrick Sarsfield—he's an absolute legend of a horse. Oh, he's a hero. Um, he won. He won me a few quid last year, and he always runs his race. I couldn't believe he got pinned at Royal Ascot. Oh, it was um, sickening. But he, No, it was absolutely sickening. But that would be just a a very small thing. But I think overall, I've tried to take St. Mark's Basilica on this year, and I've just got kind of pie in my face all the time doing it. And there's just no getting away from how good he was in the Eclipse. Mm -hmm. I know it was a four-runner race, but like it was a good four-runner race. It wasn't dissimilar to this. Again, three really good horses in there. So I'd take him. Wouldn't be one I'd be rushing to, to put the whole bank on, but I think he wins them. Maybe a tiny little play on on Sarsfield to beat Poetic Flair, who I just don't see staying 10 furlongs.
0: That's kind of the thing for me as well, is that I watch back his Irish 2000 Guineas run. He kind of looks a bit punch drunk as he's coming towards the end, but then you watch him in... So right now the the ground is, we should emphasise that at Doncaster, currently, the ground in the UK is good to firm. In Ireland, it has been lashing rain, but the ground is good officially. There is that image in the back of my mind of him just bouncing off the good to firm ground at Royal Ascot and crushing them. I kind of felt sorry for him at Goodwood, because I think if it wasn't soft ground, I was delighted for rushing with Alcohol Free, but I think if it wasn't soft ground, he wins. He's run a monstrous race against Palspere in France. There is every chance that this fella can improve and and potentially go and win this race. And, and, sh- and shock me and shock you, I don't think he will. I'm delighted he's here, because he's making it such a fascinating... Ra- like, he's got the same official rating as Tarana. But when you look at it, St. Mark's Basilica is going for his fifth group one in a row. He's got that turn of foot that very few horses have, and it gets him out of trouble if he ends up in that situation, which shouldn't happen, given the small field. And I just think that Ryan Moore is going to control this race and have too much power for them. And Tarwana has to give weight to him as well, which is another factor. I'm all over St. Mark's Basilica. I think he's a good thing for the race. And um, dangerously, you and I have agreed again. This is this is becoming a thing, Andrew. We'll have to see if this, this continues. Uh, we'll briefly discuss the first race, which will be live on Racing TV. Uh, by the way, David, brilliant. I got Apple TV recently. Ooh, fancy. And um, my broadband has improved immensely. I've now got... So I've got 100 meg broadband through a landline with Sky in Cork, um, which is where I am right now. At the weekend, I'll be in Kilkenny. And in Kilkenny, there's... Now, I have 100 meg broadband, my man, Uh, thanks to the good folks at 3, at 3Mobile. and, um, it's bloody brilliant. And so I got Apple TV, and I have the the access to Racing TV Extra. And you can just watch their dedicated live streams of whatever track you want. And you can access it super easy. And it's really, really good. So if you want to watch Stand, um, I presume it's Gary O'Brien and Jane. I would think it's Jane Mangan, maybe Ruby Walsh. But, um, they do a brilliant job. So, uh, yeah, shout out to the racing TV team um, because online is the future and streaming is the future and they're crushing it. Uh, so the KPMG Champion Juvenile 6 will be running at 10 past one. There's a couple of horses in here that really interest me. One is absolute ruler for Danico O'Brien and Gavin Ryan. Uh, a war front out of Together Forever. I think that defeat here does not preclude him from going on to victory but the one I'm really interested in was sent off 40 to 1 last time out against Point Lonsdale, and that's Jim Bolger's Manu Accord because the word around town is this fella is Jim's horse this is this is the one um for the season and he's won his race at Leopardstown um he obviously needs to take a step forward but I don't think he needs to take that much of a step forward. Uh, what's your thoughts on the race?
1: Yeah uh, in, interesting that you mentioned that I, I couldn't have this Johnny O'Brien horse at all to be honest. Really.
0: Uh, talk to yeah, me
1: wouldn't wouldn't do much for me now. Um Joco's horses have been pretty quiet all year. the form that the favorite he beat that day, the Jeline horse Mooney Beams has been a very disappointing horse really. Um, I think he'd have plenty to find. I certainly would take him on a threes. So I'd be much more in your camp with the Bulger horse. Um good man. He could be he could be anything. Uh, the the thing, the kind of the the angle I'd go down in this race actually is a bit of form a galway. Oh. Um and what I'd do is I'd both I'd back both Bukaroo and Stone Age, who kind of ended up fighting out a uh, kind of a photo finish on the final day of the Galway festival. I thought it was a smart performance by the winner Buckaroo. They ended up pulling six lengths clear of a of a Dermot Weld or, or sorry, a Line source should I say. Mm. I just thought it looked smart at the time. Uh one of those that it was just the eye draw you to it. Um and I just wouldn't be surprised obviously on Orpherys and stuff like that they'd have plenty to find with like the Maritime Wings, Corde, even you know who have ran against Point Lonsdale. But I think there's enough to suggest that these two might be worth siding with them. You know, I think at eight to one at fourteen to one at the two of them, I wouldn't mind playing both of them each way.
0: Yeah, I was very interested in Stone Age as well, and I my impression is that he's held in very high regard. I I may have that wrong, but um. The, the impression I've gotten is that they do think quite a lot of them. And um, given his experience, it's not it's not unlike Aiden O'Brien to have a, a horse just slowly come along and then boom, they explode. Um, particularly a Galileo type. So I would definitely have um, Stone Age involved. But I would be having Stone Age involved in a, a box exacta uh, shout out to Barry Faulkner um, with Manu Accord because Manu Accord beat him um, when they met at, at Leopardstown. So that's probably the way I would play it. But I, I see what you're doing with Buckaroo and um, it it makes sense to me. Um, I'm very interested that you're not at all keen on Absolute Ruler.
1: No, I it's just something about it you know i think it's probably been the fact that dunaca's horses have been so quiet you know and just uh in in the in the context of this race i just don't believe uh, a winner in a dundalk maiden is potentially the best bit of form on offer here and certainly the fact that it's that he's 3 to 1 in comparison to some of these horses that have won potentially stronger races or running stronger races than our seven, eight, even 14 to one um, would slightly confuse me anyway.
0: Okay. Pop quiz for you, Hotshot. Because right. okay. you know your stuff and you have produced countless winners on the Final Forum podcast. But let's see how you do with this one. Last year, Dunnock O'Brien, classic winning trainer, Fancy Blues, an absolute superstar. This year in Ireland, he has sent out. 111 runners how many winners has he had
1: uh, I'd take a guess maybe 8 or 9 11 ok not far off
0: that's not good 1 win from his last 8 runs I am intrigued by Absolute Ruler but I'm I'm interested in your comments about how, and we're big fans of Dunica, but it has been a quiet season for him elsewhere at Leopardstown we are going to see Mother Earth in the Coolmore America Justify Matron Stakes she takes all the beating for me uh, and it's it's as simple as that my friend
1: yeah uh, I, I really like Mother Earth um, she, she's a filly uh, I've liked uh, I've backed a fair bit uh, to varying degrees of success the only thing that just plagues me um, is that I just have kind of memories in my head of of these Aidan O'Brien horses in the matron, and they all seem to get beat. Um, Mm. And I, I remember going there year on year, and winter got beat, and then another got beat. It's just in the back of my mind, and I'd prefer to potentially take one each way instead of backing her at a short price. I think the best in this for me is Pearls Galore. I just don't think Paddy Toomey gets anywhere near enough praise for just how good a trainer he is. Um, Doesn't have maybe the the biggest amount of horses in, but Christ, he can win a lot of good races with these horses. She did it really nicely at Tipperary the last day. I thought, I know it was only a Group 3 race, but it looked a competitive one at that, and she put it away very, very easily and she's coming in here at 15 to two around that sort of price maybe eight to one in a few places and i just believe that's a, a decent each way price and i prefer to take that angle into the race than maybe putting all my eggs in on mother earth at a, at a prohibitive price yeah, just on the off chance that she gets beaten on the line by something because some of these O'Brien horses have been beaten in this race before. But she, she is a solid favourite, but I think Pearls Galore each way is the best.
0: Pearls Galore for Paddy Toomey, who has 100% runners to forum record with the racing post and um, she definitely deserves a tilt at uh, at this level. You did however mention Aidan O'Brien horses getting beaten in this race. It does give me the excuse then to mention Alice Springs who will be coming up in conversation for Sunday's racing and also the final Furlong podcast legend Hydrangea as uh, Mr. Scahill would be going mad in the commentary box as she would go and win and she caused a big upset that day. She beat Winter that day didn't she? She was, yeah. the, one who, she was the one who flattened Winter. Oh dearie me. I'm at Mother Earth. I think she wins. and um, But I, I think it's a very solid argument that has been made from the guru that is Andrew Blair White. Jim Bolger has opted for the Clipper Logistics Boomerang Mile for the Irish 2000 Guineas winner, who is a general four-to-one shot. You're then looking at Maker of Kings, Njord, Thunder, Moon, who came back to form at Deauville and then bombed again. There is a horse who has not trained on four to one is big isn't it
1: yeah it looks big uh looks very big i'd have thought um obviously you just have to wonder i suppose at the end of the day his form has been much better on softer ground but he's now been tried over a variety of trips and probably a staying mile is, is where he's at or a mile or maybe even 10 furlongs so i uh, just think in a race like this he's potentially a class above these you've got horses like maker kings and yord who are good horses they're solid horses But you'd like to hope McSwinney's better than them. And then you've got a whole list of the non-trained-ons topped off by Mood and Fev Rover. I just don't believe how you could be uh, taking really single-figure prices about them. So um, it would be McSwinney for me in this. I think 4-1 is probably pretty generous.
0: Again, we're agreeing. This This could be an epic weekend on the Final Furlong podcast or egg all over our faces. Uh, 315. Very briefly, Inish Free. So I was asking Aiden about him. He came back from two years off the track in the Royal Whip and ran a fine race. Um, the fact that they kept him in training to come back as a four-year-old is the thing that was most exciting for me. Uh, his juvenile form stands up. He was second when they moved the uh, John Dan-sponsored Vertum Charity Stakes to the all-weather at Newcastle. Um, it was on Breeders' Cup night, and he finished ended up finishing third to Cameco, and of course we all know what he went on to do. Um, and he was entitled to need that run on his comeback. And I think he will... There is a, an interesting one here in the, f- the sense that Sir Lamarack has been switched from Aiden O'Brien to Joseph O'Brien. Aiden is having nothing to do with the Melbourne Cup this year. He might have a runner at the Spring Carnival, but he won't be having anything to do with the Melbourne Cup. So Lamorack will almost certainly be running in that race. But Inish Free, this is, I, I said to Aidan, this is the ideal race for him in my mind. And instantly he went, yes, that's what we were thinking. So. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I, I'd, I'd agree to a certain degree. I, I thought he ran a, a super race um, at the Cura given his time off and. He's a horse I've long since held in the highest regard. I did my conkers on him last year for the Derby.
0: Oh, me too, Um, mate. Me too. Oh, God.
1: I thought he was all over that, and it just never seemed to happen. You know, it was little niggle after niggle, little niggle. Uh, But for me, in this race, actually, the the horse you were just talking about there is the one I'd back, by Baxter Lammer. Uh, And this, I think it's a fascinating stable switch. I think they'll want him to run very, very well in this obviously, before potentially going over there. Um, I, I, can't, I can't say I've re- recovered yet from the wounds of him getting beaten at Royal Ascot. Um, <laughs> oh, 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 oh,
0: oh, Jesus Christ. A well, it just, uh, there,
1: well there, yeah, there was just certain things that frustrated me that week at Ascot, and potentially it was because I kept having horses come very near, but not, you know, not unfortunately getting their head in front but there was just a few rides on winners that nobody seemed to bat an eyelid on. And I don't want to beat the drum of, you know, uh, you know, unjust losers and stuff like that. But how Hector Crouch didn't get some sort of slap on the wrist, even for his ride on the winner in Sir Lamorak's race is quite beyond me. Thank you. Sir Lamarack, Sir Lamorak came into the... Came into the bend, I think was around four wide, and this horse suddenly went off on a complete collision off to the stands. Yeah. And suddenly, Sir Lamarack seven or eight wide, he gets beaten in the neck. No stewards' inquiry, no even slap on the wrist. And it happened a few times. Jim Crowley did it on one of those horses. I think the horse that won the Hampton Court suddenly he swerved over onto Ryan Moore. And you're there going, like, you can't just allow this to continuously happen. Mm. And I wouldn't be a massive man for it, like, in terms of beating the drum because other people in, in, in the media beat it enough. But I just thought that sort of stuff was, well, it was just completely swept under the carpet. And I couldn't really believe it, considering Sir Lamarack was finishing like a train. Oh, yeah. Um that's a roundabout way of thinking that he, I think he's still got plenty of improvement to come, just three years old, gets a wait-for-age allowance off finish free, which could be interesting, you know on ratings he's only £5 inferior and he's getting £8, so um, that's something to potentially bear in mind the one thing I would say and I'm prepared to get egg on my face, but I would take on Earlswood all day long in this race whether it's with Earl or whether it's with Inish Free or, or anything else, to be honest, even Thunder Case. Mm-hmm. I just cannot have him uh, whatsoever, and I'd be shocked if he won.
0: Well said. Well said. Uh, although if uh, Earlswood goes and wins this race, we're going to get toasted on Twitter, if that happens. So, Lamorak is ultimately the, the horse for you. Inish Free would be the, the selection for me. Tote has launched the Tote Guarantee, which applies to all Irish And UK races, and this is where the tote win bet will be settled at the higher of the tote dividend or the starting price. Also, you get tote plus, which means that you are getting a 10% bonus on top of your winnings. Now, this does not apply if you stroll up to the tote window on course. This is only online. It is exclusive to tote.co.uk, tote.e, and the official tote app. And by the way, if you deposit money into your account, you don't have to place a bet. You can watch whatever race you want. You can watch any live race in the UK or Ireland once you've deposited money into your account. That is incredibly valuable, and that's a very cool thing that tote are doing as well. And, of course, Tote are putting their money back into racing. And that's a topic that I think Tom Bull and I are going to have on Sunday evening. Uh, We're doing two podcasts, Sunday night, and then on Monday, Mr. Andrew Blair-White will be back to account for his crimes or brilliance with uh, Lucy Russell-Hughes as we review the weekend's action Um so we'll have a, a good bit to talk about on Sunday with uh, Tom, and then we'll be reviewing the racing uh, with Andrew Blair-White and uh, the man himself and Lucy Russell-Hughes. It's um, double bar- Do I have to go Emmys Dunphy-Kennedy then? Do I have to go double barrel name as well?
1: I'd say so,
0: yeah. Yeah, okay. Right, fine. Emmys Dunphy-Kennedy. Uh, let's go with that. Um, so Toad are putting their money back into racing, and because told her not a bookmaker, you'll never get an email like Andrew has gotten on several occasions, countless occasions, saying, Dear Mr. Blair White, with regret, we have to restrict your account having looked at it and uh, you are now only entitled to bet at SP to a maximum stake of £1.55, which is basically saying, bugger off. Or just closing your account. Tote won't do that. They'll never close your account. uh, And they will never stop you from having a big bet if that's what you want to do. So, winners, more than welcome. Tote.co.uk 10% bonus on top of your winnings with Tote Plus. And listen to what Andrew Blair White is saying because he's agreeing with me. So, we're set for so much gravy this weekend. It's going to be amazing. I uh, can't wait to recount all this with Lucy and yourself on Monday and talk about the, just, just like be throwing cash all around the studio or be talking to both of you while I'm scrambling around trying to find some coins as, <laughs> as it's Tesco noodles for the rest of the month. Uh, we'll have to wait and see but uh, I'm, I'm getting super excited for the weekend. Um, Sunday is obviously going to be a massive day and Alpinista for Sir Mark Prescott is going to take up the engagement in the Qatar Prix Vermai Group One, which of course is a ARC trial and a uh, very well-known ARC trial. And Snowfall will be taking up the engagement as well. So she was always held in very high regard as a juvenile. She was highly tried. And this season she has won the Musidora by three and a half lengths. She has created history by winning the Oaks by the largest winning margin ever. Uh, She's won the Irish Oaks by the largest winning margin for 100 years, and she just toyed with her rivals at York. It was, again, that was a race I was covering on TalkSport 2. She was just an absolute joy to watch that day. Uh, This race, are you surprised they're running her? And do you feel that this is just a case of let her get a feel of, of Paris Longchamp. Frankie's back on board. Um, Let her get a feel of of Paris Longchamp, what it's like to be there, what the racing style is like, because the closer we get to the race, she is very clearly Coolmore's number one.
1: Yeah, you'd think she is and and she's obviously got a a great chance and you'd have to think that uh, the majority of the reason, as you say, to to run her in this race is just to get a kind of blowout over in France um, to get a feel for the track and make sure that uh, she's she's ready to go when it comes to time. And I, d- I, don't see, I don't see her getting beaten this weekend. The only thing I do see is somehow, despite her probably beating no other ARC contenders, she'll somehow be shortened in price for the ARC. Oh, you can um, be certain. But that's just the way bookmakers roll these days. You can be um, certain of that, my man. Yeah. Funnily enough, she's just, and, and I'm prepared to be proven wrong here, she's just not a horse that has, you know, clung at my heartstrings much this year. Um, How dare and, you? Yeah, I know. And it's just one of those, I, I don't know what it is. Um, there is. There's just a part of me and people can shoot me down and say I'm wrong and fair enough. Um, but it's just a part of me that can't get over the fact that I feel the rest of the mile for, you know, group one, three-year-old fillies this year are a bag of shit. Um, and <laughs> well, they are like, I just don't see like the horses she beat in the Oaks and the Irish Oaks are not any use. So like uh, it's not really something to be, you know, she went off and won the Irish Oaks at two to seven by eight and a half lengths in a race where I think I could have given some of them a chance for some of the place money. So it's not something I'd, I'd potentially bear in mind. Her main challenger at York was wonderful tonight. who wasn't running on ground. She'd have liked at all. So, again, you're back to just beating Alba Flora and the Jaconde and stuff for like that. You know, it's not.
0: I can actually add to that for you because I interviewed David Minussier for TalkSport 2. Um, my role switched. I was hosting that week. Um, I hosted the, the whole week of York and um, I spoke with David Minussier live on air and I was saying to him, look, are, are you going to run wonderful tonight? And he said, well, we have two options. We can go to France, we can go to Deauville or we can run here at York and William is going to ride in the three o'clock and he'll decide... He'll tell us. Uh, I don't like the idea of going to Deauville. He thought that the ground wasn't right for her there and said, I may live to regret this, but the horse that runs in this race is not the horse that you will see in the arc. That was, that wow. was his line. Um, and she was bitterly disappointing. I and mean, she got thumped in the end. Um, and she would really need to pull something out to be able to go and, and turn the form around with, with Snowfall. But she is the the anti-post favorite um, for the arc, and it's it's interesting that you you even word it that way that she's essentially beating a of shite.
1: <laughs> but Like she she like in in all intents and purposes she has been, and I suppose more so. What would probably rest its head on on my, on me is that. I know maybe it has been slightly different rationale because of there's been a few niggles and stuff like that. But this time last year, having won the Oaks, Irish Oaks and Yorkshire Oaks so impressively, nobody thought Love could be beaten. And I you know, as I say, I completely comprehend that there's been injuries, there's been a few things that haven't gone particularly right. But she's come up against proper Group 1 horses this year and has been short of the mark. And I just don't know whether we're going to get to the arc and she's going to be a very short price if she goes and wins on the weekend, which she will. Like she could end up on the day 5 to 4, 6 to 4.
0: That's what and I was it'll just be thinking. The fir-
1: and it's the fir- it'll be genuinely the first time, like if she faces a Dayar, Tarnawa, Hurricane Lane, you know, any of these horses that are genuine Group 1 horses. Because to be honest, like you could send off divinely to start running in the arc tomorrow morning and she may scrape home, like it's just one of those things. Like she's nowhere near the cut. So, Ooh,
0: wait, wait, why is that horse galloping so- around Paris Longchamp now? Oh, well, she—we're giving her a head start. A month in advance? Yeah, yeah, yeah we're giving her a head start. We're just we're giving her a chance.
1: It just—it it makes. I, 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 just don't think I, I'd be going in at those prices. That's all I'm saying. She's a very good filly. I'm more than in. Like I'm more than. Even hoping to be proven wrong. I hope she's every bit as good as people want her to be. I would just slightly ease the the hype that some people are heaping on her, because kind of intensively she hasn't beaten a single group one horse that's performed. I know Wonderful Tonight is a group one horse, but not on that ground. Yeah. So that's that's kind of a a null and void result really from her point of view, and you can't tell me any of the other horses she's beating are Group 1 horses.
0: I, I think that's very fair. So let me ask you this question then. We're both in agreement that St. Mark's Basilica wins the Irish Champion Stakes. He has gone to France twice and won um, with Jockey Mendizabal, saying, Aidan O'Brien is my father Christmas um, because he won the French 2000 Guineas and the the Prix, de, Prix du Jockey Club, the French Derby. Is he a horse were he to win as we both predict that he will the Irish champion stakes is he a horse that you would see Bally Doyle trying to stretch out to a mile four for the arc?
1: I could see them trying it Um, I would say there would be more pressure on them to do so not pressure on them but there would be more kind of clamour for them to do so if he went and won the arc and I know so many, or sorry, won the Irish champion stakes because I know so many people think tarnawa has got such a good chance in the arc and yeah. I can see the angle behind that. But if he goes and, say in a hypothetical world, he goes and beats Tarnau at three lengths, you'd feel quite aggrieved not to, not to have a pop. Um, do I think he'd win the arc? No, I don't because I, I actually don't think he would stay. Uh, but at the same time I certainly wouldn't begrudge them having a having a go, especially if he does win on the weekend. Uh, because he is like just in comparison, like in terms of doing the doing the comparisons between himself and Snowfall, like even that run in the eclipse alone, you're beating a Dabe and Mishrif. And Misrif may not have been a completely hundred percent, but a Dabe, you know is is as solid a group one performers you're going to find, you know, mm. he always runs his race. He's a good yardstick to beat. I can't see any horse in the form of Snowfall this year as a three-year-old that's been the equivalent of that as being that really reliable group one yardstick. I think in, in reality, she's beaten a, a really poor enough field in the Oaks. Um, probably the, the second best horse in the Oaks is Santa Barbara, who's found a niche kind of going over to America, but at that's kind of intermediate 9, 10 furlong trip rather than 12. So um, certainly I wouldn't be piling in on snowfall at 9 to 4.
0: Okay. Uh, I have her backed for the arc. Uh, There is a part of me that feels I should back St. Mark's Basilica as well. Um, Because I did have him backed and I traded out because DeLargy was like, nah. We won't stay. But I, I feel that he wins at the weekend. And the question will be posed to him by Gary O'Brien What's the plan next? Well, sure, I suppose now we have to go to the arc. And we'll see. Um, they could go, they could surprise us and go for the champion sticks. But Aiden's only won that once. That was magical. And. I think the reason for that is that it's always an afterthought. The greatest of respect to Champions Day. The ARC and the Breeders' Cup and Irish Champions Weekend take precedence for Ballydoyle and Coolmore. And I think that the Champion Stakes in the UK is very much an afterthought for them. So maybe they decide look, we'll let Snowfall win the, the ARC um, or they'll. They'll go with two. Uh, you mentioned Love and how she was an absolute superstar last season. Uh, speaking with Aidan O'Brien, I asked him straight out, like, what have you made her perform this season? Um, because she was so good on her reappearance at Royal Ascot on on good ground. Um, are you disappointed with her since? Has anything come to light? And he said that they're not disappointed with her at all, that the, uh, the way the races, And I'd be very interested to hear what your response to this is. He said that the pace of the King George was against her, and it just... it The race did not go to plan at all. Um, and that if they could have taken it back, it could have been a different result. And it was a similar story when she substituted for St. Mark's Basilica in the Judmont, that uh, she blew it at the start. And um, again she had to be pushed along as the, the pace wasn't there for her. Um, a strong pace can turn things around for her. Now, she's not engaged in France, so the only option that she has is the Moyglare Jules Blanford Stakes, which is the first race that we'll talk about at the Cura on Racing TV 220, uh, Racing TV Extra as well. And she's currently at an 11-4 to 4 shot for that. And this is back to Group 2 company. She'd be carrying 9 stone 11, the favourite Le Petit Coucou for uh, Patty Toomey. The three-year-old would be carrying 9 stone 2. But in this race, there should be a strong pace. And if she couldn't get back to form here and back in the winner's enclosure, you'd be desperately disappointed. Uh, of
1: course, you would be. Um you know, you'd be you'd be hopeful that you'd be able to pick up a Group Two contest. It's just just hasn't worked for her this year, and I can see the the angles behind those excuses. But at the same time, you're just a little bit concerned that she hasn't just quite looked the same. She hasn't been travelling with the same verve. Even winning at Royal Ascot, it was a as workmanlike as you're going to get. And I know there perhaps were excuses given that, that was her first run back, but the last two runs just haven't quite lived up to what you would have hoped for and as much as she probably should be winning a race like this i wouldn't be rushing to park company with my cash at 11 to 4 just don't think she's overly reliable just at this minute and i'd prefer to see her back on the right track before weighing in Uh, instead i'd be i'd be going for last year's winner in this cayenne pepper um Mm. i think she's got an excellent chance of this she's around seven to two uh, she's been alright this year she's been in and about in these sort of races she always comes up just short in, in group 1 company that seems to just be her want at this race but she was really really impressive in this race last year and I'm hoping she can return with a similar enough performance she'll like this course and distance obviously she'll enjoy the better ground and hopefully she'll get the job done
0: I was just looking through the list of horses that have been beaten in this race for you Brian um, best in the world Magic, magic Wand. Um, oh, as my brain freezes, Goddess. was A very short price favorite in this race. Um, there's a number of others as well, uh, including... Was it 7th Heaven? I remember being there. Um, yes, 7th Heaven. Ended up finishing last. Coming back as a four-year-old. And uh, you just you wonder about the reasons why Aidan O'Brien runs horses in this race. And is it just a case of that? They're trying to get them back on, back on song. And it's like a, almost like a desperate plea. Um, Chiquita, who cost a billion, um, was beaten in this race as well. And up is his only, his only winner. Meanwhile, Dermot Weld has had five winners. Since 2014, in the race, um, and he's got a man of grace in here. Um, he's, uh, he's, he, yeah. It's, it's a messy race, really. Um, you are banking on Cayenne Pepper coming back to her her best form. Um, there's a part of me that likes nicest, but think it's a race to stay away from Really, like i I just i would be disappointed if love can't win this but there it it has to go on record that there are a number of aiden o'brien horses who've run in this race who have been bitterly disappointing and um whether or not you want to take that chance is entirely up to you and your bank balance for that matter um right we shall move on to uh, a race that we got an exclusive on a month and a half ago as Oshie and Murphy, our good friend, joined us and said that five furlongs is the plan and that we will be coming to the Curra for the Darrenstown Stud Flying Five with Dragon Symbol. And I think this is where Dragon Symbol gets his group one. He'll be taking on the Breeders' Cup heroine put up on this show on the official European Breeders' Cup podcast, final furlong. We teamed up with the Breeders' Cup last year. And hopefully, um, we're uh, doing all that again with Peter Fornital and uh, and the team. Uh, Winter Power is favorite and uh, obviously, she comes in here with top-class form having beaten Emirati Anna last time out. The only thing I'd say is, and this is a conversation that I had with Lucy on Monday, they just seem to keep beating one another, these sprinters. This, whether it's the five furlong division or the six furlong division, it just, it's like a, there's a new show coming to Amazon Prime, my man. Uh, Rosamund Pike is in it. It's like a Game of Thrones style thing. It's called the Wheel of Time. And it's that's kind of what it's like with the Sprinters. It's the Wheel of Time. It's like, whose turn is it today to win? And I think it's finally the turn of Dragon Symbol.
1: Yeah, um, can't say I'd be in agreement on oh, this occasion. No, I don't think it. Oh, finally I've a bad. I've a bad feeling. It, it? It might never be the day for Dragon Zimble. Really? Why? Uh, Talk I to just me. Think, I just think he's had. You know, he's had opportunities to go and win races, and you know, they they said after he. He obviously got thrown out at Ascot which was in extremely unfortunate circumstances Yeah, especially given as I alluded to earlier in the podcast how much interference went on that week that nobody batted an eyelid on and suddenly this horse got thrown out seems uh, seems a bit hard thank you uh, but, do you know but that after- you're
0: the, do you know you're the only person to come on the show with the exception of Ushin, to agree with me and cuz I thought he should have kept that race and I said was it a case of it was Archie Watson versus uh, Wesley Ward. And he said, not only was it that, it was also Frankie Dittoria versus Oshin Murphy. And that's what swayed the, the panel. He said, that's what swayed the stewards. Um, he was furious about it and uh, feels that he should have kept the race. But anyway, uh, finally, somebody else has come on the show and, and agreed with me. But at the same time, you're crushing my dreams by saying you don't think she, he's, he's going to win. Uh, so who, who is going to take this race then?
1: Yeah, I find it a hard race. I, I actually see no reason to suggest how Dragon Symbol is going to reverse the form with Winter Power from York, personally. I think Winter Power is a, a really lovely filly. Mm. Uh, she's obviously very, very fast. You wonder, maybe she, she seems to obviously be completely in love with York and... Uh, You know, a step away from that, we'll we'll have to see whether she can back that performance up. The one that just intrigues me, and I just don't know why, because I had a bit of success with him, had a great day at at Royal Ascot with him, and he's really disappointed the last two times going up in uh, grade with Rohan.
0: Ah, yes, so I was just going to say, you put him up on the pod. You tipped him.
1: I did, and uh, he's just a horse that... David Evans confuses me as a trainer sometimes because <laughs> he's got a horse actually running in the first at Leopardstown in the Ingebel, who uh, won a 10-pot novice at uh, one of those Thursks or, Car- or Cathericks or one of those sort of places. And has only got a rating of 84 or something, but suddenly improved miraculously around 20 pounds to win that race and kind of wouldn't be without a squeak in the Ingebell. And then you've got this horse that was running off, I think won his first handicap in somewhere in the 50s. Uh, I think it was 55, 56 up in Newcastle. Completely went up the ratings, won a Royal Ascot handicap of 112. Now, I doubt there's been too many horses in recent times that have been able to win Royal Ascot sprint handicaps of 112, uh, which was a monstrous performance. And then has been poor the last twice. I'd give him a chance at five furlongs if he brings him over. He's a shrewd man, David Evans, and he's certainly the type of guy I'd like to keep the right side of. And do bear in mind, obviously, that he did manage to beat Dragon Symbol earlier in the year at ADOX. So uh, that's something to bear in mind as well. He drops down to five furlongs for the first time in a while. Be interesting to see how he copes with that. But at around twelve fourteen to one, I'm gonna I'm gonna risk trying him each way.
0: Yeah, um, the horse that intrigues me is just behind him in the bedding at 20s, and that's Romantic Proposal for Eddie Lynham. Um, I thought was really good at the Curra back in June, uh, was expected then to run a massive race, but got beaten by Munista, and they've given her a little bit of a break. She's been off for 57 days. It's a race he's won in the past. Uh, he took it with... Soul Power back in 2015. He's had horses run well here before as well. And I just think 20s is an insult to her. I think she can... I think she's a horse on, on the upgrade. And uh, Eddie's horses are running well too. As far as I know she goes, I think Sarah was telling me that she's a confirmed runner. But I I can't get away from Dragon Symbol, man. I can't. Um, I know you, you've tried to talk me out of it. You've tried to talk me off the ledge. But it's Dragon Symbol for me, and uh, you are going with Rohan, the Royal Ascot hero. Um, and to be fair, the last time you, you put him up in the show, he goes and wins, so maybe he shall go and do so again. Uh, the Moigler Stud Stakes. So the big news from Aidan O'Brien on the Final full Podcast when we spoke to him is him being so confident about prettiest that. You know what I was saying to him. So the shortest price horse that you have in this race is Lullaby, who made a, a nice debut. Uh, concert Hall disappointed last time out, but I think she has a bright future. Um, and uh, in comes Aiden and says, "Yeah, I think we're going to run prettiest. She'll be our number one." And he really emphasised she'll be our number one. So, and and she's the she's a daughter of Alice Springs and crucially, is by Dubawi, and they have sent a whole team of exception, exceptionally beautifully bred Galileo fillies and mares to Dubawi again this year. So they are really going for the outcross. Um, so she's available at twelves right now, and um, according to Aiden, she's a runner. So what's your take on the race?
1: Yeah, hard race this. I thought it was a hard race to get to the bottom of. Um, Your one you agatha for for Joseph O'Brien has been slightly strange. She looked like a, a fairly exposed two-year-old earlier on in the year, and she's then suddenly kind of crept up out of nowhere. Won a won a listed race or sorry, Group Three race at Leopardstown at a big price, and then backed it up last time at the Curra. I uh, wouldn't be maybe just falling over her certainly at three to one and. I'd maybe give a chance to a to a horse uh, who, who came behind her at the car last time out on softer ground and might improve for a bit of better ground and its discoveries uh, for Jesse. I just think she could New have a chance this.
0: family baby.
1: Yeah, well I, I, I do have a very soft spot for these New York Isle sources to be fair and Jesse sources, but Oh that's it. Um, From now
0: on, you're on every podcast. <laughs> Electra? Uh, did you hear that, Electra? Andrew Blair-White is also a fan of the Neyarkos family, so Andrew's on every show from now on.
1: Proceed. That's good to do. <laughs> um, she, or she, sorry, she, she did it quite nicely when she picked up Tuesday uh, in a maiden at the Curran. I thought she ran well last time out without maybe blowing the doors down and potentially wants a bit of better ground. I think 8 9 to one's a fair enough price. Um, I'd be willing to take on a few at the top of the market. That Cordia Gajo did it very nicely last time out, but I thought history, who was the uh, Bally Doyle horse that finished second, was an absolute near-uncertainty. And uh, then the next time out, but she got turned over at Tipperary, looked really yeah. one-paced. So that form doesn't look up to a whole pile now. Uh, so I'd, I'd certainly be taking her on at the top of the market.
0: Uh, the thing with Discovery... I know that Homeless Songs is a horse that is very well fancied and uh, and beat Argatha on her debut with uh, Oshin on board. Um, I imagine that Oshin will, will keep that ride. Uh, that was back in July, so been off for 66 days. And um, I believe Dermot holds this horse in high regard by Frankel out of a Dubawi mare. Um, but it, it was... It was prettiest and it was discoveries for me and um, again it's that, that Nyarkos pedigree, a master craftsman God rest him, what a legend of a horse he was out of a Rahi mare and um, I didn't think she was I, you know she's she's beautifully bred like she's, she's a sister to Alpha Centauri um, and a half sister to Alpine Star you know, she is Bred to be absolutely brilliant. And she's still a big baby. And there was a period there where the Harrington horses weren't exactly setting things alight. Um, but I, I thought that she would step up from that race. I thought that that's just, you know, you're dealing with big babies here. Uh, she was a big price on her debut, and she finished fourth. She was very well fancied to be Tuesday. I mean, they really fancied her for that race. And she probably just needed the experience. And she's had her runs at the Curra. So, you know, that's a Leopardstown run, two runs at the Curra. So she has the experience and she's a very fair price at 8-1. So in the Mugler, um I'm with you, buddy. I'm with you, my friend. Team Nearchos all the way. Uh, this will be simple. The Goffs, Vincent O'Brien, national stakes. How far does Point Lonsdale win by?
1: A few lengths, uh, no point over complicating the uncomplicated um, race to watch. Uh, I think he'll win, win well. I think he's a lovely horse and I potentially might back uh, Duke de Sessa or Duke de Sassa or whatever uh, Dermot Wells colt is uh, pronounced in a, without the market or w- without the favourite market because I think he's quite smart but I think the favourite wins.
0: What do you think of his long term future? Where do you think is he a Guinness horse? Is he a, a potential Derby horse? What do you think?
1: He, he, to me, he strikes me that the the more and more I've seen him this year, the more and more I feel he's got more pace than people think. Mm. Um, I just thought off the back of his win in the in his maiden at the Cur and then at Royal Ascot that this horse was a. Bit of a plotter and mightn't even have the speed for a guinea's, but I was impressed with him at Leopardstown because that was a tactically run kind of Mickey Mouse little race, and sometimes you can get in trouble at Leopardstown in those sort of races. Um, so I thought he was impressive there, and obviously did it so well at, at the curve the last time, but those have been at very short, skimpy odds. So uh, he's got a few horses that are actually going to put it up to him here now, and this will be a more of a I suppose, test of his credentials and see what those long-term targets will be.
0: Yeah, just to confirm the futurity stakes, Churchill and Glen Eagles took in those races as they uh, went on to go and win the Guineas, as Point Lonsdale did. And um, the Leopardstown race has a a rich history of producing uh, very good horses as well, including the aforementioned Churchill, poor old Anthony Van Dyke, um, and uh, Glen Eagles, again, so he's he's following a similar path, uh, for Aiden and I did ask him if on the back of this they would go to Newmarket for the Dewhurst, and he was reluctant to commit. He was sort of of the view maybe, you know, well let's see how this goes and maybe he's done enough. But I would imagine they'll go there. I would imagine they'll, they'll take him the Dewhurst, give him the the new market experience and. He's going to be a short price winter favorite for the Guineas. Uh, So the feature race of um, the day on racing TV will be the Comer Group International Irish St. Ledger, not named after my town, but named after the uh, main man who pumps a lot of money into racing and uh, trains horses himself as well, and will be represented, I'm sure, on the day as I scroll. And there he is, Luke Comer, Seattle Creek, Aircraft carrier. They're both X8 and O'Brien, aren't they? Aircraft carrier definitely is, anyway, I think. Uh, so Twilight Payment heads the betting and bids for another victory at the Curra. Uh, Sunny Boy Liston for Johnny Murta, as um, Ben Cohen will be bidding for a Ledger double. Uh, Baron Samadi, who had been on a winning run, which came to an end after Broom beat him in um, Saint Clou last time out. And The horse that is being completely under-underlooked, or overlooked, if we use my mouth words correctly, is the horse who's bidding for a hat-trick in the race. And that's Search for a Song. Um, She's 6-1. to And uh, it might not be her ground, but this time of year, she just seems to come alive. And she hasn't run since the 23rd of May. Yeah,
1: definitely. Yeah. It could could well be just a, a long-term ploy. You'd have to think that she's been trained to the minute for this race. It was interesting. Back in May, she ran twice in such a short space of time and has been off since. So it's obviously been a long-term ploy. Um, I don't... Yeah, hard to know because I, I went into last year and possibly because of her form... Throughout the summer, I wasn't overly keen on her. And then she went in again when she was potentially overlooked. Uh, and, and this could happen again. She, she's six, seven to one. It's probably not the worst each-way shape in the world. And I couldn't put people off it. it. Um, I think Twilight Payment is a is a horse I'd like to take on, especially being an eight-year-old. Agreed. Uh, I know he's, he's a very gallant horse and he's a very good horse in his own right, but the type of horse you'd want to try and beat with something a bit younger. I quite like Baron Samadie. I, I'd love to see him in this race. Uh, he was obviously such an improver. I thought he ran a cracking race behind Broom last time out uh, over a mile four. I think at that level, he does want further. And and this could be the, the exact sort of trip he wants over a mile six. And uh, the, the, the only other horse, if you're rightly looking down the market, I was actually hoping he was going to run in the English leisure on the Saturday and I'm just convinced at some stage somewhere he's going to pop up at a big price and it's Aiden O'Brien's horse King of the Castle. Uh-huh. Who I thought ran if you have a look back at that big handicap he ran in at York a couple yep. of weeks ago how on earth he managed to finish sixth is beyond me because he lost I'd say around 15 lengths at the start then Will Buick rode him like a six furlong horse down the back <laughs> to get him into second and then he somehow managed to stick there he was only beaten five lengths i thought it was a miraculous performance he's certainly better than a mark of 95 if they ever want to exploit that handicap rating because he'll win off that uh but wouldn't surprise me at some stage whether he runs a, a big race at a big price in, in one of these big group races
0: well funnily enough he's on my list I'm not kidding. And that's on the basis of interviewing Aiden for TalkSport um, for the York meeting because I I was asking him about his runners on the Saturday and the only one to talk about really was King of the Castle. And he was so bullish that this horse was going to run a massive race. And it was game over at the start. It was ga- game over, good night, good luck, bye-bye. Uh, and yet, somehow, he manages to plug on for sixth and um i don't quite know how and his entries like you you're right like if they decided to go and and throw him into a handicap he would definitely exploit that but he, his entries suggest that they've either they've decided balls to that we're going to go for it or we just want to try and and uh show everybody how good this horse is he's entered in the long distance cup um on Champions Day. He's uh, entered in a group three over two miles at the Curra on the 26th of September. And he has this engagement as well. And I would, I would imagine he'll take it. I would imagine he will, he will take it. Um, And I'm like yourself, I'm quite keen to take on the favorite. I'm quite keen to take on um, the Melbourne cup winner. Um, I mean, it may very well be a case of that. Uh, Twilight Payment is, ironically enough, coming in here needing the run. Um, The other thing that I can report to you is that when I interviewed Aidan O'Brien for the Stable Tour for this weekend, um, he was adamant that Passion is his number one and very hopeful of her running a massive race. And She's a horse who's been frustrating, I think is the polite way of putting it. Uh, she cost 800,000 guineas as a yearling. And she uh, she has this habit of uh, managing to place but not quite managing to win. But this trip, she got spanked by Aaron Navine over it. But that was a an odd renewal. That was an odd running of that race. And Aaron Navine has not backed up that form. And I just wonder, after a break of 77 days if she'll come forward enough and have the class and the experience to be able to go and and take this race?
1: Yeah, it's hard to know. As you say, she's been a frustrating horse. Uh, hard hard to seemingly win with as well, but on some of her best forms, she'd certainly have an each-way chance. She wouldn't be the type of horse that I'd be rushing to back, though. Um, those those sort of no O'Brien horses that have You know, being around the block and back and haven't managed to get their head in front would always slightly concern me. Uh, That's maybe just not quite up to this level. Uh, Certainly in terms of winning, as you say, could run a big race, but wouldn't be for me.
0: Okay, let's get the best bets then. Um, Or is there anything else that you would like to bring to our attention before we get best bets?
1: Uh, No, I think the the handicaps, right? The two days over in Ireland are are plenty hard enough as it is without us trying to uh, bisect them. I, I am convinced, and I have been for a long, old time, that uh, an Ollie McKiernan horse called Presto is going to win a huge handicap at some stage. He runs in the Patingo on um, Saturday. I think it's a 3.45 uh, race. He might be a horse to keep the right side of Just give us that name of, again, my man. Uh, presto. Uh, trained by Ollie McKiernan Who obviously a jumps trainer mostly uh, But this horse he, he Just shows the odd glimmer Like he could really um, Take interest in one of these big races But he might be an each way Price for, for people in a handicap But other than that I think um, I usually On these sort of weekends Stick to the uh, the group action It's a little safer
0: Yeah same as myself um, It might be boring but it is it is what I do. Um, so, who are your best bets then for the weekend?
1: Uh, I'd say my best bet is interpretation in the ledger. I know that's it was a long time since you we were talking about the ledger, but um, he'd be he'd be bang up there. Uh, and it's the future race of the weekend, which makes it all that bit better in terms of over the. On, hold, on,
0: hold on, my man. Can I just say that the the monitor in the final Furlong podcast studio is an LG, right? And it's just it's staring me there in the face. There's there's the Iron Man Lego setup. There's my uh, red recording light that Tuwala turns on for me uh, to let me know the mic is hot. And then there's LG, and you know what LG stands for? It stands for Life's Good, but it also stands for Let's go! Let's go! 11-1, baby! Holly Doyle, let's do it! That's what I'm talking about. All right, keep it going. What else have you got for us? <laughs> yeah, well, fingers
1: crossed. Um, Probably my best bet on Saturday at, at Leopardstown Sir Lamarack in the in the Paddy Paris takes the Group 3 race. I think he's got a massive chance uh, based off that Royal Ascot form. He should be banged there. Uh, I think... Sunday's racing at the Curray is, is harder. Um, it's one also that we obviously don't have the official full decks for as yeah. well, which sometimes can be difficult, but uh, probably KM and Pepper will be my best on Sunday.
0: Okay. Um, in terms of Sunday, it, it's definitely Dragon Symbol for me. I think I'm up to my eyeballs with Dragon Symbol. And um, I would go with Discoveries as well. Um, you and I are both in agreement on discoveries I think Max Sweeney is a cracking bet at the prices in the Boomerang Mile that 4 to 1 is insulting Um, uh, if we're doing a lucky 31 let's say for argument's sake uh, I would be absolutely putting in interpretation 16's Tuala, log on quick, quick. 16's interpretation. Uh, We're going to start a gamble, son. And, um, yeah, I would definitely be putting interpretation in there. And uh, St. Mark's Basilica, I guess. Um, Or or Mother Earth. Take your pick, one or the other. Or maybe both. Make it a lucky 63 if you want. But that's probably the way that uh, I would be playing it. Right, um... How do we follow your work on social media, my man?
1: Uh, yeah, probably Twitter's the, the main port of call. Um, Type in Andrew Blair White or A Blair White 13 and you'll end up finding me. Um, but yeah, no, uh, hopefully throughout all of that we'll have found a winner or two for for the weekend and hopefully it lives up to, to what it uh, promises to be.
0: Yeah, it's such a massive weekend and there is an incredible potential I know Ed was saying this in the in the trade paper that this is a weekend of huge potential for racing and I really hope that those in in charge have um, looked at that, understood that and make sure that the fans in the UK who can have maximum capacity, you can all go to Doncaster. Uh, what is it? 4,000 for us at Leopardstown? Yeah, I think so. <sighs> Jesus Christ. Fucking Ireland. Um, so yeah, there you go. 40,000 can go to an, all, an all-Ireland final for the hurling, but uh, 4,000 is all you get for the racing, despite the fact that the country's about to reopen. Um, and I can't go, because I got COVID. Damn it. Uh, so I'm going to do the Joe Rogan thing and take ivermectin. I'm going to talk to trainers. Um, I'm going to talk to Sarah Lynham. I'm going to get the ivermectin from, from her for the horses, take it. And, uh, then have CNN run fake news about how I'm injecting horse medicine into myself to to cure myself as quickly as possible. Um, pleasure as always, my man, um, very much looking forward to having you back on the show soon. We are going to be working on a few projects together, you and I, and, uh, for now we'll we'll keep that under our hat but potentially some some exciting stuff coming up but we'll keep it to ourselves for now.
1: Yeah, let's let's do that. I'll
0: tell you what, we'll give away a final furlong podcast personalized mug to whoever Andrew picks for this question. The first the first
1: ever winner of a race at the Dublin Racing Festival.
0: Oh, there's a question. Don't Google it. Are we going to go with the first person or are we going to let you pick you and go through Twitter and pick?
1: I'll go through Twitter and pick.
0: All right, let's do that. All right, so send in your, your answers because Andrew's on the show on Monday. Tweet us at Final Furlong Pod. Use the hashtag FFPcomp. So C O M P. And whoever Andrew picks and who gets it right, first horse ever to win at the Dublin Racing Festival? Great question. And Andrew will announce the winner on Monday's show when he joins Lucy Russell Hughes and I to review the action. So, tweet us. You will get a personalized Final Furlong Podcast mug. All you have to do is tweet at Final Furlong Pod, hashtag FFP Comp. First ever winner of a race at the Dublin Racing Festival, and the mug is yours. Courtesy of the final front podcast andrew blair white it's been a pleasure my man and uh, we'll chat to you again very soon
1: thanks evan see you soon
0: take care my friend and thank you very much for listening as well uh, we'll never ask you for anything except for this if you like what we do is retweet share on social media hit that subscribe button on whatever podcast app it is that you're listening to like us on social media you can hate us in private but like us on social media and uh, it makes a big difference to the algorithm so huge thanks for that uh, but make sure you hit that subscribe button so you never miss an episode and never miss that gold and get in on the competition make sure you're tweeting at final for lampod hashtag FFPComp. comp entries close 5 p.m monday you have until then best to look for the weekend i think we've given you some good gravy Come on, interpretation. Come on, Holly Doyle. You can do it! Talk to you soon on the Final Furlong Podcast. God bless. The Final Furlong Podcast is proudly brought to you by Tote. Think you can't get better value? Think again. 10% bigger dividends when you bet direct with TotePlus at tote.co.uk.